bring our Bible which is from Matthew chapter 6 um, and verses 25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they... Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Um, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire, will he not? Much more clothe you, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Okay, today we are jumping to um, our last sermon um, on this Love Reigns um, series that we've been looking at. And as we look at it, um, basically we've been going through the last few weeks and we started on Easter Sunday and, and we looked at the fact that we celebrate because the resurrection is the proof that Jesus is the true king of the world who has authority over all things. And when we obey Jesus, we experience the life he has for us. And in so doing, his love reigns. The second week, we looked at how God's love reigns over our past. And though our mistakes and sins can be a heavy burden on us, we embrace the love of God that um, forgives us our past and offers us a fresh start. We no longer have to be weighed down by it. Last week, we discovered that God's love gives us promise for our present. We can make choices that create healthier patterns in our lives and renew our mind to live in obedience to God. And today, the final week, I want to speak to you about allowing the love of God to reign over our future. I don't know if you had, um, I think we had at times in our household a Magic 8 ball. Um, growing up with a lot of brothers, the Magic 8 ball just became a normal ball very quickly because it broke. Um, but while it was working, you would shake it, ask it a question, and it would come up with an answer. Am I going to pass this, my, my test? Not in the near future. Like, that might have been the response you got. Um, are we going to have a yummy dinner? Don't hold your breath. Is the sermon going to go short today? Ask me again tomorrow. Like, um, and so the, the Magic 8 Ball um, was used to sort of um, ask those silly questions and you'd kind of get this answer. Now, some people probably took it more seriously than they should have, um, but basically um, it was there that um, so that we could sort of I suppose, consider what was coming next. Now, this, this Magic 8 Ball actually came around in 1950. So even back then, people were sort of thinking about what was going to be coming next, what was going to be there. And, and we have all wondered from time to time about what the future may hold for us. 
Sometimes we spend a lot of time thinking about the future and, and what's next and, and we can't wait to get there. Maybe you are almost a teenager. You go, oh, I can't wait till I'm a teenager because I get to go do this. And you're a teenager. You go, I can't wait till I'm 18 or 17. I'll get my license. I can go do this. And I'll, I'll be suddenly, I can't wait till I go to university because I get to move out of home. And then we're, as, as adults, we can't wait till our kids move out of home so I have the home to myself again. And so I suppose we can always be looking forward to something and thinking about what the future might have. Sometimes we, we wonder because our current situation is painful and we want to get onto the other side of this difficulty and we go, oh, God, when is this going to stop? And some things like they're seasonal in our life. We know, okay, this happens and maybe, maybe you're a person who, who hates winter and you go, oh, season, winter's going to come to an end, but you go, I can't wait till it comes to an end. But there are other things in our life that there's no definitive end to it. It could last for another week. It could last for another year. And, and that, that entails, um, I suppose, our concern about that. Sometimes we wonder because we are excited about the possibilities before, the, before us. Either way, our curiosity about the future can sometimes slip into an unhealthy obsession with what is about, what is to come. And that is commonly called worry. Anyone here ever worried before? Like, that's, that's, that's good that we are so honest this morning. Other Sundays I get like two people that kind of do this, but I go, we're all in the same boat. The thing is, I, I want you to do something right now. So I want you to take an imaginary pencil and, and sort of, now some of you are going to take this very literally. I, I want you to note something in your brain. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some, yeah, Sally did it. So, so some people are going to sit there and write something on their head. But I, all I want you to do, I want you to remember something right now that is present in your life that is a worry for you. Okay, it's going to be different for everyone. It might be really big for some people. It might be smaller. Some of you might go, I can only write one. If you can write something on that sort of memory sort of in your, in your brain and you want to write 10 things, Go ahead and do that. But I want you to hold that there for a little bit and then just sort of press save and or take a screenshot, whatever you need to do in your brain to hold that there. And um, we're going to keep moving. I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. But worry is an all-consuming use of our time and energy and attention on things that we cannot control. Like the things that often we worry about. And at night, night becomes one of those times that we can worry more because there's nothing we can do. Like, oh, like, and, and, and so you've got to wait till maybe you're stuck in a storm and you've got to wait till that storm finishes before you can actually fix the problem that the storm has had or the power is out and you can't do anything about it till they fix that situation. There are, that maybe we're worried because other people are, are sort of, I suppose, overlapping into our lives and we can't, we can't dictate what they do. Maybe it's our work and, and, and our, that situation. Maybe it's our health and we can't control that at all. We worry about finances. We worry about family. We worry about um, everything. And the problem is that our worrying doesn't improve our situation at all. It, it, it doesn't. Like, it, it, like again, it's, it's a difference between having a time where we go, these are our problems, and then problem solving in that. But worry is one of those things that it weighs us down. The only true way to cure this, this sickness of worry is to trust in the love of God. 
and to let it rule in our lives. Jesus spoke to this struggle with, with the future uh, in, in Matthew 6 and um, uh, it was read earlier. And I just want to look at verses 25 to 27 right now. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more than, more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Even though this passage of Scripture was written nearly 2,000 years ago, um, it is so applicable for us today. It also shows us that human nature is to sense... Um, anxiety about your future and so what we need to realize first and foremost that in our lives and what we are going through what you are going through right now that God sees you God sees you like when we pray and some I think some of us think this like when we pray saying God just want to let you know this is what my days look like and some of us think that God is surprised oh that is terrible I can't imagine all that stuff I didn't know and we think we're informing God and catching God up and going, God, hey, you, you, you sort of dropped the ball on this one. Come and help us. But what we need to realize is that whatever we are going through, God sees us. God tell, Jesus tells us not to worry about a life. Don't worry about your daily needs. Don't worry about your daily wants. And the reason he gives is because our lives are made up of more than just physical desires. God offers proof for his ability to provide for us. He points to the birds of the air these tiny winged animals are not anxious about their needs for tomorrow but God still provides for their needs for today God takes care of the sparrows of the world and surely he can take care of you Jesus reminds us of our incredible worth Jesus sees us we are loved by God and therefore he will provide for us today our future is in good hands when our future is under God's control. And then we talked about this a little bit last week when we sort of said, God, love, love reigns over our present. And there, there needs to be this, we were talking about Romans 12 and how we were living sacrifices. And so we needed to place ourselves upon the altar and we needed to stay there. And the problem for us and the problem being living sacrifices maybe because of our wants, maybe because of our lack of trust in God, we decide to get up off the altar and, and take control again in our lives. And when God says, I want you to trust me, he says, trust me with your future. If we won't trust him with today, it makes it very hard to trust him with tomorrow. Worry is not worth it because it does not add any hours to your life. If anything, it takes hours away. It reminds me of the line in the Lord's Prayer that is prayed in churches all around the world. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today. God, not too much that we might forget about trusting you for our future. Not too little that we are tempted to take matters into our own hands. Just enough for today. It, it is how we learn to trust God. Even when we do not know what is around the corner. Trusting God for the future instills deep hope that he is there before we even get there. It, isn't it great, like, no, it's a long way off yet, but 
when you go somewhere for Christmas, usually, okay, for those who are young enough, when you go home to parents for Christmas and, and, and you know that parents are going to do Christmas well, like when you're hosting Christmas yourself, you're stressed. But when you go home for Christmas, you go, I'll bring this, but you know everything else is going to be done. And, and, and it's like that piece that you have that this is going to be sorted. That is what it's like to trust in God. God is there before you get there. That situation that's a, that you are in that's going to get worse tomorrow, God is already on it. God is there already and we can trust him in that. The thing is, I think at times what we do, we can actually make our worry worse by where we put our focus. I remember when I was looking at trying to improve my shoulder, I went to see an osteopath. Now, I have heard that osteopaths are like, they're the weird people of science, but he did, he did help my shoulder, but he did have some weird tendencies about him. He would listen to, um, and I was, his workplace, I'm not going to dictate what he can listen, but he lived to listen to all these different news programs around the world. And, and some of them were even Christians, but they were, they were the weird Christians, not like us. They were the weird Christians. Not, and when I say weird Christians, they were like, wow. And they would, they would see a devil under every stone. They would see danger everywhere they looked. And um, they were talking about an interview and the, the person that, that was being interviewed, I didn't respect either, but they basically said, oh, they were wearing something that showed that they were worshipping something else. And so both the osteopath and, and myself sort of picked up on that and he went, I'm going to look that up on a picture. So here he is treating my shoulder. Do you mind if I just Google this? And the thing is to actually go, that, that was sort of like a, a, a sort of occulty symbol Oh, it was a real stretch. It was a real stretch. But the thing is, if you took what was said as at, at face value and went, oh yeah, they're of the devil and they're out to get me and this people are trying to do this, all of a sudden, we actually build up our worry. Even the news, like I, I it really gets me in trouble some days because I've actively stopped watching the news because there is nothing good about it. Like even the weather which might dictate what I do tomorrow, half the time, maybe even 70% of the time, it's not right. Like, I'm getting to the point going, I can't even trust that. So you get, I'm going, why spend half an hour? That will leave me more worried, more miserable, and with, with incorrect information. But some of us, and like this happened through COVID, right at the start of COVID, there was an intense focus on all the news that was COVID. And, and the media sort of lapped that up. They just loved talking about it over and over and over and over again. And that was what, what bombarded our brains. Now, if we focus that way, all of a sudden that takes up our, I suppose, all our view. And it starts to impact us. And we actually add to the worry, instead of turning our focus to Jesus and actually trusting in him. And, and, and sometimes, like, we, we actually get, I suppose, the steps wrong. We, we go, I, I shouldn't focus on all the bad, I need to focus on the good. But we actually, what we tell ourselves is, I won't focus on the bad. And because that becomes our thought process, we can't not focus on it. I had some friends years ago that they loved going um, hang gliding. 
And so they would, there was one place they, they told me a story about that had this really big tree halfway down the hill they took off. And everyone was told, don't focus on the tree. And as soon as they were told that, they kept looking to us. And because where your eyes went, your hang glider went. And so as they didn't focus, as they focused on the tree, so many of them started heading that way. And so we need to deliberately shift our focus to Jesus. It's, it's not to not focus on the bad. It is to focus on Jesus. It is to trust him with today and trust him with tomorrow. Like, and that means God is bigger than any governments. God is bigger than any elections. God is bigger than any, anything that comes our way in our lives. Hey, Life may still finish earlier than what we planned or hoped for, but we can trust God with even our eternities. So there is nothing tomorrow that is going to affect my eternity. I, I know that Jesus is already there. And, and this, this verse, next verse is one of the verses that you may have heard a long time about this. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He didn't actually just say it didn't sort of send an email he declared it i know the plans i have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future now one of the things sometimes we interpret this verse a little bit selfishly because we actually skip the first bit for i know the plans i have for you that we aren't god is going to prosper me god wants to not harm me what god wants to give me a hope and a future but it's dependent on the first part is actually following the plans that God has for you. Like if we say, God, here are my plans, bless them. And God goes, well, they're rubbish plans. Like, they, like um, to be frank, they, they don't really look that good at all. How about here are these plans which guarantee you a future and a hope? No, 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 God. I want these plans and I just want to make sure you work them out the way that we want. So that verse, even though what follows is, it sounds fantastic, it is still dependent on us trusting our future into God's directions. To actually walk in the way he wants to have. God has a preferred future that he longs for you and I to live in. We experience when we begin to let go of trying to, to control everything. Anyone here ever wanted to control something? Okay, good, good honesty again this morning. We would like to control our children better. We would like to control the clock that goes really slow from three to five at work. We'd like to control traffic lights. We would like to control everything that we would consider that doesn't really work in the world. We'd like to control that. We'd like to control the calories when we eat a chocolate that jump out of the chocolate before they enter our mouths. We'd like to control those things. But the thing is, we need to let go of trying to control everything and we need to start submitting to him and follow his lead to, to actually walk in the plans he has for us. Worrying about the future does not have any positive effects and it can cause us to become paralyzed by fear. The question is, how do you know when, the opportun when opportunities in the future are God's plan? That does become a bit of a struggle. Am I, then we start worrying about, am I following God right? Like, oh, I just give up. I'm just going to. But the thing is, okay, first of all, does this opportunity align with scripture? Is what I'm doing something that the Bible agrees with me doing? 
And because sometimes, like, we... And, and the thing is, sometimes we know straight away. We don't even know to ask that question because, oh, God, I want you to bless me. I've bought the cheapest ticket into the biggest lottery in the world. Can you bless me doing that? And, and the thing is, well, that's not about trust. That's about getting what we want. And the thing is, does this opportunity align with Scripture? What becomes one of the necessities if we want to find out about that? What do we need to do if we want to align what we're doing with Scripture? What's the first thing you need to do? Read Scripture. And sometimes we sort of wonder, okay, God, I don't know which way to go. And God, have you, have you looked at the roadmap recently? Have you looked at my, 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 my guide for you in life? I, I looked at it a few years ago, but since then my life's beginning to fall apart. I don't have time to get to it. I'm going, God goes, maybe that's where you need to start. Secondly, so does this opportunity align with Scripture? Will this opportunity make me more like Jesus? God, give me the promotion over this person. God, make this bad stuff go away. God, make my life as easy as possible. God, give me heaps of stuff today. Anyone prayed anything that sort of fits in that category at all? Only Bert. Okay, so that's okay. Um, but the thing is, there is a lot of stuff that I desired that doesn't make me look like Jesus at all. Like, if you know how, like, you have those lineups at at the police station, and they try and get people that look similar. I wouldn't be able to be in a lineup with Jesus because sometimes the things that I've wanted to do and wanted God to bless haven't actually made me more Christ-like. So you ask that question, all of a sudden, if you are really desiring to follow God, it may, it may change your choice around this. The third thing that you need to ask, will this opportunity benefit others? Will this decision result in a blessing of other people around us? God is always looking to use willing people to help serve others in need. This may be a good indication that this thing may be a part of God's plan for your life. The problem is that one of the, it's not in this list, but this is the thing. The thing that God wants me to do will be easy. The thing that God wants me to do, it's going to be like, it's going to help me relax. And, and the thing is, again, when I look at being obedient to God, there are times when, like I look at Jesus' life, the cross was in no way comfortable. There was no air con, there was no cushions. It wasn't a streamlined cross even. There was suffering, but there was obedience there with Christ. And now, I don't think many of us are going to be called to go to a cross, but we may be called to sacrifice and follow God in a, in, a, in a way to benefit others. To discover God's plan for your future is to live in the purpose for which you were born. This is the future that we want to experience. Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day when you were born and the day you find out why. And I would add to that saying, you cannot find out why you were born until you know Jesus and you know his plan for you. Your future is tied to your purpose and God's plan. And so second point for today then, so the first one we need to understand that God sees us. The second one is seek God first. Jesus gives us a way to ensure that our future falls in line with his will, 
for our lives that is about priority. Some of us have priorities focused on the wrong things because we are nervous about the future. Matthew 6, 28 um, sort of leads a few verses in and, and, and again starts talking about the clothes and, and, and then God says, look at the flowers of the field. You are worried about having the latest fashions or having enough clothes at all. Why worry about that? Look at what God can do. And he does that for things that disappear tomorrow. But then he comes down to verse 33. And he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then 34, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on it of its own. Now, I don't know how many of you have read that verse. I read that verse for years and it would have been a couple of years ago. While I was living here in Rocky, I read that verse and I kind of read it that different way where all of a sudden it's like, one of the reasons is not to worry about tomorrow is there's going to be stuff to worry about tomorrow. Today's got trouble. Tomorrow's going to have trouble. Don't take worry about the trouble today because the trouble there, don't borrow. Don't sort of add on to your, your worries today. And I'm going, oh, wait a second. I wanted to know that tomorrow was going to be easy. I wanted to know tomorrow was going to be like the troubles for today would be gone tomorrow. No, no, that there'll be trouble enough tomorrow. And again, we'll have to trust God tomorrow when we get there. But let's worry about today and trust in God today. Verse 33 says we should seek first the kingdom of God. It should be our, our focus, our priority Um, Living to see the kingdom of God come to earth should be a defining aspect of our lives. Now, again, I think sometimes we distance ourselves from this. We go, yes, who would like to see God's kingdom rule? And so for that, we go, I want it to rule in my husband or wife, in my children, at my workplace, in the government. And the thing is, where does God's kingdom rule need to begin? It needs to begin with you and me. I'm not going to sort of skip out on that. But the thing is, we, we go, we have this desire for God's kingdom to be present in our lives. And when some of those kingdom aspirations come close to us and God says, Keith, I want you to change your attitude on this. And I'm saying, God, I'm so far ahead of all those other people. Why, why are you talking to me? Like, let them catch up to me first. Anyone had that thought at all? Not about me being so far ahead of you. Like, not that thought. Like, I'm sure you've had other thoughts rather than that one. But but the thing is, had that thought going, well, God, why are you asking me to improve my character? Look at the people's character living around me. Why are you asking me to be more generous? Like, I've got Bert over here praying for all the things he wants in life. And, 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 and you're asking me to be more generous. God, what are you thinking? Why? Because he wants his kingdom to rule and the place that it will start is in you. The place it will start is there. And, and that's why he says, seek first his kingdom. Seek it. Look for it. Don't do a child look, okay? I walk close to the bedroom. Mom, I can't find it. And it'll be right there, like in plain sight, on the bed, where you put it the day before, but they don't look for it. I think spiritually and practically speaking in life, we look like children at times. God, I can't find your purposes. Have you looked? 
not really, but like, I just want you to give it to me. We need to seek after it. If we seek God first, everything else will have a way of falling in place. When we seek God first, we come across a new relationship. That when we come across a new relationship, they're most likely the kind of person that God would want for us. When we seek God first, we live life with humility that becomes what we are known for. When we seek God first, the wants and desires look more like things God wants for us. Anyone here like can remember a holiday where you've had to fit a whole lot of gear into your car? And I call it dad Jenga. Like um, you've got to sort of manipulate things. And, and I remember trips that we've had as a family, even when we only had a couple of kids, where we used up every bit of space in the car we could. In fact, gear needed to be moved out before children could get out of the car. Like, like there, there was no, like we had like stuff that would be practically airbags for them. And, and the thing is though, like when kids, when you ask the kids to go put their gear in the car for a trip like that, they don't see the importance because they're only thinking about the thing that they have. It might be a backpack full of toys or some clothes or, and they just go throw it in the car. And then you get out there and you look at the back of the car going, and then you look at all the stuff that hasn't even made it in the car yet and you're going, wait a second, this needs to be done properly. And so you, you, you have to shuffle and move stuff and so the right things go in at the right time and, and other stuff can go in there and, and, and it becomes all of a sudden you, you can fit so much more in when you do it properly. Well, this becomes the idea of life. We need to put the right things in the right place. We need to make sure the important things like seeking after God's kingdom and, 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 and having God in our life, take the right place in our life. Because if we fill it up with all the other stuff first, we might get a little bit of that, of God into our life, but it's sort of sticking out of the car. And, 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 and the thing is, when we hit a bump along the road, there's every chance it'll fall out along the way. So when it comes to our future, it is in God's hands. And Jesus says, today has enough things to be concerned about without, without, in, about anyway, without worrying about things that don't exist yet. Most of the things that we spend our time worrying about may never even come to pass anyway. And yet, so much of our energy is spent on it. And I suppose that's the last point. As we look at trusting God's love to reign over our future, we need to use our time wisely. We all ha- only have so many days in our lives. Our, our future must be stewarded well. Like we, we need to be good stewards with our, our, our days and our minutes. The author of Psalm also, 90 had this concept in mind when he wrote in verse uh, 12. Uh, so he said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The author is writing a prayer here. He's asking for awareness so that he uses the days of his life in a manner that honours God and honours people. Now, there was a survey taken, I think it was, it was actually 1988. So again, I remember 1988. Um, some of you younger ones may not remember it. Some of you older ones, it may be ancient history and you may not remember it either. So anyway, but, but the thing is, 1988, there was a, a survey done and, and it looked at what um, people 
spend their life doing. And, and so it's based on Americans and there'd probably further things added to it. But they said the average in the uh, lifetime of the average American in 1988, six months will be spent sitting at stoplights. I can look at some of you now and know there'll be steam coming over your head knowing that you've wasted six months sitting in traffic. Now, again, I'm not sure if that's city or country, but like um, if it's six months in Rockhampton, it could be 12 years in Brisbane. So um, you'll spend eight months opening junk mail. So um, one year looking for misplaced objects. Again, with children, that could go up a number of years. Um, uh, if you've got husbands that don't remember where they put stuff, it could go up a few more years after that. So um, two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Well, now we live in text. So there'll be 14 years spending t- sending texts with little pictures in them that don't mean anything. Um, there's going to be... Now, I don't, I don't actually believe this one to be true. It says four years doing housework. Um, that's of people that don't actually have children ever in living in a one-bedroom flat. Um, those with children, 17, 18 years, uh, easy. Um, you'll spend five years waiting in line um, over your lifetime. Six years of eating. Um, now, added today, you don't go, well, delicious your time on your phone or Facebook. Um, some of you, like, um, it could be 20 years. I reckon some of our children will spend, like, 10, 15 years of their life sitting watching a little screen. And what's worse, sometimes you sit watching a little screen while there's a big screen right in front of you that you can watch stuff on as well. But we watched a little one. So there's a lot of stuff we can invest our life in. Um, and again, that's probably based on living a, a good number of years. I've, I've had good friends who have died earlier than I wish for them, that I would have expected, that I even expected God would have for them. Like, And so sometimes we've got to look at our lives and go, well, As the psalmist said, we need to teach us to number our days so we may gain the heart of wisdom. If you live your life, or as you live your life, it is important to ask yourself if the places that your time, energy, attention, and affection are going are the most important places. I've heard it said before, the only thing that will matter 100 years from now will be people's relationship with God. It's true true for all of us. Or maybe some of our young ones, if they push over 100, maybe there'll be things that they think might be more important. But for the rest of us, we're either going to be with Jesus or we won't be. And so the most important thing for us in 100 years' time will be our relationship with him. If this is the cause, then we need to use our future to ensure as many people come to experience and trust God as possible. As the psalmist said, live wisely means realizing that we only have so many days in our lives and we must use them in a wise way. Okay, just before we pray, I want you to think back to that thing I asked you remembered right at the start of the sermon. That worry or worries, big or small. And think about how you want to spend your time And how you want God to turn your worry into worship. For how is this thing becoming all-consuming for you, that it becomes a focal point for you all the time and is robbing you of time that God says you can put this into other things.
Is it something that has become such a weight you, you don't even see your way into the future? Today, I want you to take some time praying about turning your worry into worship, to choose God's way over focusing on the thing that you can't control and let God be in control not only today but tomorrow. So right now, I'm just going to ask you guys to pray just amongst yourselves, or like with you, in, uh, just quietly by yourself, and um, I will close off in a, in a few minutes. Lord, I'm so thankful that each of the worries that have just been shared with you today, you are big enough to handle them all. You are, you, you are not surprised by the worries that we have because you see us, you see us in the situations we're in and you desire to walk with us through them. You desire to give us the strength we need, the grace we need. You desire for us when we are at our end to fall on the strength, the strong arm of God and to rely upon our rock and our fortress. And so, Lord, the worries that we have expressed today, the worries that um, grip our hearts and minds at times, that we invest our thoughts, our time into, you desire for us to give them over to you. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would do a, a mighty work amongst us here. That we would acknowledge that life has its difficulties. Life has those, those times that stretch us. Life has those times that seems to get away from us and go beyond us. But the most important thing for us into eternity is to know you and to live for you now. And so, Lord, I pray that we would truly seek to, to know your kingdom and to know, to know your will around us. I pray that we would invest time into your word. We'll invest time into prayer. That we would choose to look to you rather than choose to look to the things that worry us. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would fill our vision, that you would fill our hearts, and that you would overshadow the mountains of worry that we have at times in our lives with the mountain of your love that is beyond anything that we could imagine. So to Lord, today, Lord, as, as we remember our, our mother's love, may we, through that, we be reminded of the love of God that knows no end. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. 